2: Coming up on episode 267 of wheel bearings, we've got the Jeep Wagoneer L, the, the 2024 Chevy Tracks, emotional ties up with Uber, GM Energy is formed, and uh, we get stuck in the Ford Bronco Raptor. All that and more coming up next. Hey, everybody. Uh, We're in the process of lining up some new sponsors for the show, and we need a little bit of information about who listens to the show. So, if you've got a couple of minutes to spare, if you can go to survey.wheelbearings.media and answer a few questions, that would really help us out. Thanks. This is episode 267 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Aboul-Samage from Guidehouse Insights.
3: I am Nicole Wakeland from the Fast Women Podcast.
4: And I am Roberto Baldwin from, let's say, Engadget this week.
2: All right. Uh, And as things worked out with our schedules, uh, we're actually recording this one only two days after we recorded the last one, but you won't hear it for several more days yet because of upcoming embargoes and all three of us are doing a bunch of travel. So uh, we've got limited stuff to talk about as far as what we drove but i'm going to start with the ford bronco raptor which i've had for the last several days
3: <laughs> was that a, what was that it's broken
4: up. it's a raptor and i made little raptor hands he did make
3: nice little raptor <laughs> hands <laughs> that went with that guys he did he did make the visual to go with a little roar
2: uh so the bronco raptor is a bronco but more uh, bigger engine, three liter, twin turbo V six. I think it's about 450 horsepower. Um, and uh, it's 10 inches wider. The suspension's all different <clears throat> from the the standard uh, Bronco uh, for a lot of extra track and to accommodate 37 standard 37 inch beadlock wheels that come from the factory uh, and bigger fenders and everything. Um, and it's, it looks like a Bronco on steroids. Um, and, you know, it, in most ways it's, it's very impressive um but if you're interested in fuel economy this is not the vehicle for you
3: <laughs> not impressive <laughs> uh, when yeah, it, i
2: mean at the regular
4: raptor you're like what's the fuel economy
3: Whoa, let's
4: slow down look <laughs> at the tire on the back <laughs> yeah isn't that cool <laughs>
2: when when I, when it was first de- a couple hours after it was first delivered i had to take it to go to a lunch meeting in, in birmingham michigan which is about an hour away from me here and uh, mostly highway driving, and it averaged about 15 and a half miles per gallon, which, you know, in, the, in the year of our Lord 2022, yes, <laughs> a
3: heck of a lot of money,
2: yes. Um, but you know, the ride quality was surprisingly good given how high up this thing sits and how big tires and everything it has on it. Um, it was the, the driving dynamics were definitely a lot better than I haven't driven the current generation F 150 Raptor yet. But the previous generation felt really soft and floppy. And when you went around corners, it kind of wandered around. This one is much more tied down. Feels much more like driving the um, um, the Jeep Gladiator Mojave. You know, uh, so kind of it's, it's, tar- it, it's clearly targeted more for, you know, high speed desert running than necessarily driving on off-road trails. But that said, there are some ORV parks, some off-road vehicle parks here in Michigan. And yesterday, I opted to to go try out the Bronco Raptor there, see how, what it could really do.
3: How'd it go, Sam? That sounds
2: exciting.
4: It, it
3: sounds
2: like you had the went best.
4: It worked really day well ever. until it didn't.
3: Oh, yeah, that's how
4: all off road. That's how all off roading <laughs> and track days go? I have yeah. a
3: couple of pictures from you on my phone that tell me that the day took a definite turn. <laughs> oh yeah.
4: So, I was like, is that Sam or somebody? He's he's else. Oh, so like, well, so
2: on Sam. on sand and rocks and you know on you know on dry trails, it's fantastic. Although it is wide uh the place i went to is this place called the mounds orv park it's northeast of flint um and uh you know some the the trails that have been cut through this this park you know it's like several hundred acres of of park and forest. you know it's all forest the trails are mostly have been naturally cut over the years by the the people that go there uh so you know so you've got these um through like over some of the hills you've got you know trails that cut through there and th- it's basically like going through a little mini canyon and it just barely fit through there but it did fit i got it, got it through everywhere. That's, as long yeah. as it fits yeah no it got, uh, got through everywhere uh you know i think definitely uh, a hummer ev would not have fit no. but 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 the, the bronco raptor did fit everywhere that i tried to take it um some places it fit a little too well um you know it was a very <laughs> snug fit Uh, the problem i ran into and what i learned uh the hard way yesterday is that you know when they put all-terrain tires on a vehicle um there is there's a different all-terrain tires you can think of them kind of like all season tires they are master of all you know or jack of all trades and master of none that's kind (laughs) of that's kind of what these were you know big 37 inch goodyear or uh Goodrich um TA um uh, you know off road or all terrain tires uh KO2s um and um uh they're they're as long as the whatever the surface is is relatively dry like whether it's boulders or um logs you know or just a dirt trail you're good. You definitely do not want to go <laughs> in the mud with these womp, things. Womp. You know if it's shall if it's a shallow you know puddle you know like a you know puddle fine um uh, but in in when it gets muddy these tires are not good i mean like really really not good they, <laughs> they basically you get in and if it's stop. and if it's like a sticky mud uh which well, is i mean what they're this good was, for the mud if the mud is trying to trap people oh, well yes and and that's what it did it just got in there and it would just sit there and spin all four tires like if you oh. could have seen this picture
3: sam says hey look and it's like him crawling over rocks. I'm like, that's awesome. He's like, things not so good now. And it's like him stuck in the mud in the next picture. I'm like, what what's gone oh, wrong here?
4: <laughs> something's gone
5: sideways. Oh, yes.
2: And it definitely went sideways. Um, so, uh, yeah, it got, it got into the mud. And, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Raptor, I think it's fording depth is like 30 or 32 inches, something like that. So, I mean, it, it has no problem with water as long as the surface underneath the water is comparatively solid. But as soon Not as those mud. tires start to bite into the mud, they just they just stick. And and this this was like I think it was a very clay soil underneath there. So, I mean, when when I oh, got so out,
4: it's it's almost it's like a silt.
2: Yes. And when I when I got out, oh. you know, to to survey the situation and, and then, you know, go for assistance. You know, I stepped into this, (laughs) into this mud (laughs) and just sunk down almost to my knees.
3: Oh, my God. In the
2: the muck. Was it just you?
3: (sighs) Who was with you? Was it just 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 me? Oh I mean, there were
4: good. other people so in the park. There's less embarrassment when it's, but when you're by yourself, you're just like, uh, but when you're with someone, you're I mean, like, there, there yeah, a- <laughs>
2: I'm a professional car driver guy. It <laughs> was, a, I mean, there was a bunch of other people using the, using the park. You know, mo- it was yeah. mostly like people on dirt bikes and ATVs and stuff, but there were a couple other, you know, SUVs. And fortunately, I met this really nice, uh, older couple, uh, with like a late 80s XJ Cherokee, um, you know, which clearly they you know and they we were chatting and you know they live like 15 minutes from there and they go there all the time uh and they you know they were clearly prepared for what was there because they had the tires on their cherokee were like you know these big like tractor tires with the the big ridges um and in fact he was telling me you know the tires he's got are actually um non-directional so the um the the tread on each side,
4: there's no like groove
2: you can build. It's right. So, so regardless of whether the the tire is going forward or back, it can, it can get some grip in there. Um, And if you're going to go anywhere where there's mud with a Bronco Raptor, you definitely want tires, something like that. (laughs) Um, And, you know, fortunately they had, you know, they had a winch uh, on there and, you know, I I got out, I I trekked back to the the parking area and I was going to call for a tow truck uh to help me out uh and they they came along um and I you know I asked them hey you know can I can I pay you you know to help winch me out of the mud yeah. and they said yeah sure no problem come on you know hop in let's go and uh and you know, they were really nice and you know didn't didn't ask for anything. Um, but I just wanted to give them a shout out. Um, so I, thank you very much for your help. Um, thank you,
3: nice people who saved Sam. We needed him today. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: you could still podcast from the
4: truck. I mean, yeah, wife, you have wife you had a connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really.
3: Where it's are you? Day three I, in not, the not, raptor. <laughs> day three in the raptor stuck in the mud down to one <laughs> cheese stick and a box of crackers.
2: <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so there there are definite limits to what you can do with you know as as amazing as the suspension is on this thing, you know, and it's got these fancy um, you know, uh, remote reservoir dampers and everything on there and and big beefy suspension, you know, cast cast aluminum control arms and and you know the big tires and everything. The you know what it ultimately always comes down to is the tires, you know, it's the interface between the vehicle and whatever it is you're driving on, whether that yeah. is a road, a trail, or a, a mud bog. Um, you know, it always <laughs> comes down to the tires, and you know, if you don't have the right tires for the job, nature will win. Every <laughs> single nature time. finds and a way. 120% of the time, yep. nature will find a way to beat you if you don't have the right tires. Yep. So, you know, whether it's driving in winter weather conditions, you want winter tires, great. Um, you know, don't don't go with all seasons if you can avoid it. Get winter tires. If it comes you know, if it's um you know, driving through a trail where there's gonna be muddy ponds, and you know, this this pond. Was not that you know this this puddle? It looked more like a puddle when I saw it. I said, "Oh, I can get through that." I mean, it was maybe <laughs> it, it was literally you that's, know that's be- barely thing. twice the length of the vehicle. You know, so I mean, is it was it, not, always, it never looks as bad as it is. Is it actually um, it's unless like, you unless I can you
3: do that? Oh wait, uh,
2: unless you get out and like walk into it and see, you know, and and feel yourself sink into the muck and then you realize, okay, I better go this way instead and ah. Oh, yeah, so I learned um, I'll I'll definitely be going back there again, but I know what what areas to avoid now.
4: Uh, no, it's yeah. no, it's 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 <laughs> I, I when I had the, the the R1T, I took it up to uh, Hollister. It's an off road park here in, in Northern California. It's great. It's got I don't know how many miles, but lots of miles of road. And we were driving it around. We're doing a video shoot and we're driving past where you do the rock crawling. And there's these it's it's rainy. And there's these three gentlemen, they're up there with their, you know, their Ford, you know, their Tundra and their 4Runner and, you know, they're all tricked out. And they haven't gone past this one point. I'm like, I wonder what's going on. And so we go up there and the vehicle, you know, it's, it's got four motors, it's all wheel drive. And we get up there and what it is, is there's a thin layer of silt over hard pack. Oh God. And so it's like driving on ice. Mm Mm-hmm. And the wheels are just like immediately get like filled with silt. And so we're driving and, and just sliding all over the place. And I realize that there's a, there's a camber to the, to the road and if we keep going and I, and I'm like, okay, where am I going to turn around? Cause I can't turn around here because I'll just slide into a gulch. And again, it all comes down to like, okay, well, what, what are the wheels that I have or the tires that I have right now? Okay, this is this, this is an inappropriate use of these tires. <laughs> Let me turn around and go back to the other off-roading part where it's not like this and and I'll be fine. But yeah, it's it's this it's, it's you, you have to you, you just can't think, "Oh, I got all-wheel drive. I got an off-road vehicle. I'm just going to go for it." Like, hold on. I know you just got it from the from the factory or from the showroom, but get get an off-road friend. Yes. Call Emmy Hall, ask her what she <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Call Emmy Hall and she'll just tell you whatever you want. You need to know. Um,
2: some some things I really did appreciate about the the Bronco, and this this is not exclusive to the Raptor, is um when you're in off-road modes, it can keep the cameras on at speeds up to about 20 miles an hour. Whereas, you know, when you're on road, um uh the thorough Motor Vehicle Safety Standards require the cameras to shut off at about uh Five miles, four or five miles an hour, um, and so for off-roading, you know, you have the front camera and you have the the surround view cameras, and you can get multiple views. Which, especially when you're on your own, um, you know, and you're going through these, um, and you, if you don't have a spotter and you're going through these tight spaces, to be able to see what's down in front, especially you're going over a hump and you don't know what's on the other side, um, you know, having that camera that can show you, oh, that's what's over there. I think I'm going to back up and go the other way instead. Um, you know, that, that is really, really helpful. Um yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the various goat modes that they have, the off-road and um, the, the, the rock crawl and so on uh, are also really helpful on this thing. One thing uh, that I noticed, especially after I got into the, the Jeep with that couple um, that, that I did find a little bit annoying, and this is not a complaint exclusive to the Bronco, um, but, you know, because the, the Bronco doesn't have a manual shift between four high and four low, like you do in a lot of older vehicles. And in fact, you know, even modern Jeeps uh, like, or the, like the Wrangler does have that, um, you know, it's an electronic shift, you know, so you've got that knob on the, the console. Oh yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so you've got to stop, put it in neutral um, and then press the four low button to get it into four low. And um, you know, then you've got to wait, you know, it takes a little while before it executes <laughs> all the clock, Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, with a manual system, you still have to stop, you know, when you shift from four high to four low. But, you know, the the, the guy was shifting between four high and four low much more quickly than I could uh, with the Bronco. Uh, and so-, so
4: you have momentum. So it's like when you get stuck, like a lot of times you want to like either rock or, or bounce mm-hmm. the vehicle to mm-hmm. sort of get it out. And that's where I'm like, every time when when we don't get manual transmissions for off-roading, like you can't really do that sort of rocking thing that back and forth. Yeah, Yeah, you can't do do that rock back and forth that we used to do as kids when you get like cars that were definitely not made to go off-road, but we would (laughs) get them out. That didn't stop us.
3: Yeah, yeah, that
4: didn't stop us (laughs) because we had manual transmissions. You could rock it (laughs) and you can cram it in the high, you can cram it in the low real quick. And we probably broke a lot of transmissions.
3: Possibly. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe one or two. Details.
4: It was the it was the it was the 80s and early 90s. No, there were no rules.
2: <laughs> so um, the uh, the the Bronco Raptor starts at uh, like seventy three thousand four hundred something like that. Uh, mine was about seventy nine thousand four hundred dollars. Um, oh my god! And uh, let's let's have the uh, destination charge guess.
3: Mm. Ooh ooh
2: ooh! Um, oh, uh, thirteen hundred. Twelve ninety
3: five.
2: Robbie gets it again, fifteen ninety yes. five.
3: Dang it, really, fifteen ninety yeah. five. Oh, even when I went under, he's so sneaky. You
4: gotta okay. go under, Robbie. That's the rule. He did. I
0: went twelve ninety five. I
3: went.
4: So you to
0: under too. You, did,
2: you didn't. I go was over? under too. Yeah, I didn't think it would be that much. I, I probably should have known better. Yeah. So um, you know, a nearly eighty thousand dollar SUV, um, and if you're if you're gonna take it anywhere, and you know, granted, you know, probably ninety five percent of the people that buy these will never actually go off roading with it. Um, which is, That'll you know, some nice
4: light off-roading.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be a gravel driveway, things like There'll that. There'll be a dirt yeah.
3: road in their future somewhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, you know, they're probably never going to take it to a place like the mounds. Um, but, um, uh, if you are going to take it somewhere like that or somewhere, you know, where there's mud or, you know, deep slushy snow, cause same thing, I've had the same thing happen before and slushy snow, um, you know, these all-terrain tires, not good in those conditions. Um, they're, mm-hmm. they're great on dry stuff. You know, running across the desert, you know, across the Mojave, you know, no problem at all. Uh Doing, you know, doing the Baja 1000, not a problem at all. But uh, if you get into the muddy stuff or slushy or snow stuff, well, well. you're going to be, you're going to be in trouble unless you get some different, very different tires.
4: Water yeah. always wins. Oh, one, See, that's the-
2: yes, that's true. It, <laughs> it does. That is, I mean. That's where you think That's, the Grand Canyon came from.
4: Yeah. yeah. Water always wins.
2: <laughs> um, one, one other complaint I do have about this. Um, you know, it's got the the spare tires mounted on the tailgate. And then uh, uh, up, a, you know, you've got uh, like this little gooseneck thing with the rear, the the center rear brake lamp that comes up over the top of that. When you're in the driver's seat, that basically blocks about three quarters of the view out the rear window. Oh. So. Uh, so Ford really should put uh, a digital camera mirror system in the Bronco Raptor. I mean, you know, for 80 grand, you know, go ahead and do that. Yeah, it's so behind you, do you that. Yeah.
4: Also, and also those those things need what is it, a diop? What's the thing where you can change the the, the focus on your camera? Like your like your DSLR? Oh, I know what you're
3: talking oh, about. I have no idea what it's called. The, the, yeah. f- the
2: focal length or the. No, there's just so your
4: eyes like, oh, like, if, you for, have, like if you're if for you're focusing. farsighted. Yeah, for focusing. Yeah, I think those things need to be on
2: those rear view
4: camera things. I don't, as I get I don't older, know that you can yeah. actually
2: do that though, because, because you're not looking at a reflection. I, mean, I know if, if, if you're you just, looking at a camera, if you just but change you gotta, the focus of it, you're it's just going to be blurred all the time. No, there's gotta be a way to do that. Yeah. There's gotta be somebody. Because with the, with the reflection asked, you're actually focusing on what's people. behind you rather than than the, yeah, than the so you're, yeah
4: so you have you have infinity focus when you're when you're doing yeah. reflection when you're looking yeah. at the, the thing so you should be able because the same thing if i look in my camera like i can adjust it it's right. like out of focus for regular people but as i get older and i like i yeah. end up yeah. taking some medication once that like messed up my <laughs> eyes for the rest of my life so like my nearsightedness if i get tired yeah. i can't see very well um yeah they should they need that because more and more people are you know the, the population is getting older yeah we have fewer young people than we have old people and uh for the old like myself um that would
2: you know eventually it's going to be worse because you know you get old and your eyes just like "Ah, forget it (laughs) But 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 even though the the rear brake light thing is blocking your view it does give you an extra another view though because when you when you look at it when you see it in the mirror you can see the word raptor uh debossed on the plastic and when you when you open up the tailgate you, you look at it you see it, it's actually a mirror image of it so that when you oh, see it in the mirror you clever. see it the that's right cool. way you
0: know? that's cool I mean I'd rather actually uh, see what's behind me
3: whatever
0: but you can't mind. see
3: what's behind you cool little logo is,
4: cool. is a great what? alternative. My friend had a 68 Mustang fastback. 60 I think it was a 68. I feel like if it was 69 we would have been giggling about it the entire time. Um it had the the high beam, low beam. Mm-hmm. Uh, signal it was a little Mustang, and when you made it high beam, it like would turn red. And oh, so really? A horse, oh, that's cool. The Little horse would light up, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in any car." Excellent. It didn't matter anything. The car was a piece of. It looked great, but yeah. it wasn't was not a great car. It broke down all the time. You know, it was an old. You know, it was yeah. You know, I had a Honda Civic at the time. So they were like, we're all taking your car because our cool looking car uh, broke down. <laughs> but that was like, I was like, oh, I got to figure out how to do that. My Honda with the little Honda symbol. I'm sure there's probably some regulatory issue why you can't do that now. But probably little, those little touches, though, those make all the difference.
3: Yep. All
0: right. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices,
2: Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. Nicole. Yes. Your turn.
3: My turn. Okay, so I'm going to talk about some (laughs) woohoo, and I sound terrible because I have a cold. So let's see how much I cough through this. But um, so last week I was in Nashville and I drew drove I drove the Nissan Aria. (laughs) See already, it's out. Forget it. Too much cold meds. Um, so I drove the Aria, which is their new. EV. now it's been around actually like i think the first drives of this really did you do this robbie in spain i did
4: i went to spain yeah and I, I flew all the way to spain right and it wasn't ready for like public roads uh-huh so what they did is they set up a track in spain And we weren't doing like track lap we weren't doing laps at the track what they did is they set up little scenarios on the track like this is what it would be like if you were at a stoplight and this is like a chicane and this is a roundabout and this is a mountain road and so you would be driving and then like there'd be all these cones set up and little like (laughs) signs and everything and then you'd do the little thing like you were driving around and it was raining like crazy um like half the time but it but it, you know it's it's not like driving on a road,
3: right? Obviously, that's but it was a nice. That.
4: It was it was like a little appetizer. A little we appetizer.
3: Are. Well, we got, yeah. the, we and got I drove, the main I did,
4: course. The, yeah, I drove that track like thirty times. I feel like because I'm like I'm already here in Spain. I'm not going to drive it once and be like, oh, it's good enough. Nope, that's I'm good. just going to keep going.
3: <laughs> well, we had a we had a nice lengthy drive outside Nashville. Um, we just did the front wheel drive. There is an all wheel drive version of it, but it's coming later, so they didn't have that. Um, and there's also long range and short range batteries. There is a trim lineup that I find redonkulously confusing. Like it's like engage and then eight gauge E-Force. And then there's the engage plus E-Force, which is the, yeah, seven, seven, eight. However many fingers Robbie's holding up. Eight. 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 And the names is like, they they don't, the all wheel drive ones are called the E-Force ones. And I want to make that its own trim. Like, no, that just means it's the same thing. They just added all wheel drive. And the plus means it's longer. It's like, ah, it's, I I find it confusing. Um, Yeah. So trimline, lineup hated, but the car I really liked. I thought it drove really nicely. Um, it's kind of upscale for a Nissan. Like it's, I felt like it was a really nice interior. It looked The
4: interior is so nice. Yeah, like,
3: and it's not like Nissan has bad interiors, but they don't have particularly like stunning interiors, I guess. Yeah. And this one felt to me like it was- better than a typical nissan like they stepped up their games so i really give them a lot of credit for that there's a couple features that i really 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 liked so the center console there's a button on the side of it and it slides forward and it slides backwards did you play with that robbie
2: a little bit yeah everything it's so
3: Hyundai does that too on the
2: ionic 5 you can slide yeah, I console see and a little back.
3: slide for but then there's another button so if you look under the dashboard, it just, it looks very plain. Like you don't see any like glove box or anything, but if you push again on a different button on the center console, there's this little drawer that pops open and comes out from right the center of the, of the dashboard. Whoop. And it has a little lid. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you can push the lid back and There's a decent amount of storage in there. Like you can stick a good amount of stuff in and you can open it or close it as far or as little as you want. So if you just want to open a little bit, if you want it fully open, um, and they said, like, when it stopped, that little drawer cover that goes on top of it, there's this little cover you just push back with your hand, you could use it as a table. So say you're sitting there and you're stopped and you're having your McDonald's lunch on the go or whatever. You have like a little table surface there, which is kind of nice. Put
4: I your thought, Filet-O-Fish on
3: it. Put your filet fish on there or your McRib if you're insane. And or you know, or like maybe McRibs. some crumble cookies. Or crumble cookies. cookies. I feel like, oh, I should do it like sizing like golf clubs in a thing. I feel like you could only. (laughs) How many crumble cookies? How many crumble cookies? (laughs) I feel like this could hold perhaps three crumble cookies, not quite four, but you'd have to have like one on towards the front and like two towards the back, like a little triangle. You could probably fit three crumble cookies. We need a new unit train.
4: of measurement beyond uh, that's uh,
3: my unit of measurement uh, now for golf st- clubs there we go how many the golf clubs cookies? unit of
4: measurement because it is I'm like I don't know I don't golf but I know I, there, must like- be, there has to be enough people who golf that automakers keep telling us this And I'm like how many people Golf. And better,
3: and you know you know who golfs thing than golf clubs
2: o- automaker executives uh but what
3: would be our standard like okay if we weren't going to do golf clubs I, what
2: I, would you I do, do my instead? I do my inflatable paddleboard
3: Okay, roll, I, roll I think like a board
4: if it rolling fits in there. the roll. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The the thing you take on the airplane. Rolling bags,
3: <laughs> rolling. You're, you're rolling. You like you're That's rolling a more common bag. one.
4: Most people know yeah, the little rectangular rolling no bag. because no one wants no one wants to pay to like check a bag if they can help it. So everyone. Or wait has, for an hour
2: and mm-hmm. risk their yeah. bag being lost
4: it yeah, should Mr. be bag in roller bags yeah it should be in roller bags this that is how this is the unit two of roller
3: bags wide three roller bags roller across bags that would totally resonate with 90 percent of the population
4: yeah everyone's but like oh yeah yeah oh okay i understand I what a roller bag is is. now
3: so um yeah so aria i liked it i like the little features i like the sliding center console i like that little deployable dash storage um the the one negative is the charging it doesn't charge as quickly as say the Ionic Five and EV6, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I believe it's 130 kilowatt charging oh. in the Aria, which is like a little on the the it's lower the, side. And,
4: and and today times
3: exactly. And you know, honestly, like when it you drove it, at least
4: 150. Yeah,
3: and when on. you drove it back in whatever, Robbie, April. I mean, if it had maybe been coming oh gosh, out in April, maybe it would have not. Felt as slow as it feels now yeah. in October, where you're looking at what's out there and what's coming out, and you're like, that's kind of slow. And I mean, granted, yeah. you can't take advantage of some of the fastest charging because not all the chargers support that, but still.
2: And and even when they nominally support that, right? You know, they don't often don't work. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. So, so you because know, because so- if you
4: get like two hundred and you get to a three fifty and you're getting like 170 you're like all right this is cool that's
3: fine but But if you got like
4: 140 and you're at a 150 and you're getting like 110 or you're getting like 70 you're like oh
3: right and the (laughs) most you can ever get is 130 on this so i mean you might not even get that excuse me you might only get like you said 70 but the most you can ever get is 130 so i think that's probably the biggest drawback that and the fact and this is the case with like i think every new ev that's out there the reservations are full for this you can't currently reserve one you might get lucky and find one that's not spoken for on a dealer's lot maybe kind of when, when so are that? they actually
2: going to start delivering these
3: um this i believe deliveries fall? are starting Early, relatively fall. soon i don't have that in front of me sam i'm sorry i didn't write that write that down um but i know the front wheel drive ones are definitely like those are coming first. If you're if you're looking for all-wheel drive, mm, better make sure that your old one old car yeah. holds on for just a little bit longer because that one's going to be a bit out there. But I feel like the front-wheel drives are coming pretty soon.
4: Did you drive? Uh, did you have a chance to drive the E-Force uh, vehicle?
3: No, because like they it...
4: had a they had a Leaf. They had a Leaf in Spain that had E-Force on it. Oh
3: no, we it was did really, not. Really,
4: it it was really nice. It was I I, I was really impressed. I th- I, feel, I I'm really happy that Nissan. Like, you know, an automaker that, you know, in the, the 90s and in the 80s was like, yeah, you know, hard body trucks and the Nissan Sentra, which was sort of, you know, everyone had the red Nissan Sentra sedan, right? Um, you know, that was a big deal. And then uh, the last like 10, 15 years, not so much, but, you know, they have, they have the kicks, they have the Z, they have the
3: Aria. I feel like they're good doing good. I, what I like about the is I'm hoping <clears> that this is where <throat> Nissan continues to go with the quality of its interior and the features yeah. and the style. Like if this is if this is a preview of where we can expect new Nissans to go as they're refreshed, or is they're all new, or as new models are introduced, I think that bodes really very well for the brand because it it's it's really good. The interior is mm-hmm. good. I like yeah. it.
2: One one downside: um, all the Arias for now are going to be built in Japan, which means no eligibility for clean vehicle uh, credits. Right. So you will have to pay full freight womp womp
3: womp womp yeah that's unfortunate everyone's
4: moving there everyone's moving factories are opening factories quicker in the united states They're yeah trying, I'm, 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 I'm guessing you can do I mean, in two still, seconds.
2: yeah yeah i'm, I'm guessing <laughs> so those, we'll see nissan throw a tent up at at production of the aria either in smyrna or canton mississippi at in the next point. two years yeah mm-hmm.
4: jobs for people j-o-b's as the kids
2: and I get to try hot chicken because it was
3: in Nashville. So I was really excited. I got to have, I got to have some Nashville hot chicken while I was there, which makes right. me happy. You'll, you'll
2: have to have some more this week to clear. Your I senses.
3: know. I know. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll both be in Nashville this week uh, for right. the Toyota crown,
3: Toyota, Toyota crown, oh. Toyota Corolla, Toyota Highlander. I feel like there's oh more. God,
2: so many I think things. it's just those, Toyota just,
3: just those three. Toyota's
2: like, how many cars
4: can we shove into it? And a, how many a, a cars there?
3: can we put into 3J drives? There's so
4: many events that I'm not allowed to go on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I did a really good job not traveling in September, but like October, I'm like, okay, well, now I don't have a lot of money.
0: <laughs> so now I must travel.
4: So now I must travel, and I keep bringing things up. My wife's like, no, you're going to where and where and where, and now you want to go where? I'm like, uh.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, you may not.
4: No. I added a car to the thing. Yeah, added a car okay. to the thing. What did, what did you add? <clears throat> I added the EQS SUV, the Mercedes-Benz Woo! SUV. I forgot that I drove it because it was I was it's it was weeks ago and is when I couldn't do the podcast. And so I remembered after you talked about going off-road that I took the EQS SUV, the Mercedes-Benz uh SUV of EQSs. It's <laughs> <laughs> so it's really it's a weird They their, weird... their new
2: naming convention with their EVs is if 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 it could if it was possible is even more confusing than their old naming convention when they only had internal combustion engines.
4: Yeah, it was like the S blah 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 numbers. Yeah, and you are like, wait, what's wait? Okay, what it's the C? Well, they they had they had the
2: you know just one letter for the sedans and then GL and a letter for the SUVs. V's. Yeah, you know, and and now instead of GLS EQ, yeah. you know, or something like that, it's EQS SUV. So,
4: yeah it could be e q no, I guess you're yeah yeah it's it's yeah, that's what happens when you when you're like, okay, stake in the ground, this is what we're doing, and you had like Etron and then they had the Etron, and then they had the Etron they had the Etron and then the Etron
2: yeah
4: <laughs> and then and then the etron uh, g t and then the etron g t and now the q four etron, e-tron q four etron right like is it i remember having to call them and ask or email them and like hold or talk to them about video for the uh 'cause I drove the r s e-tron gt and i was like wait where does the rs go <laughs>
2: <laughs> is it e-tron gt rs or e-tron rs gt or rs G- gt yeah yeah
4: i was in the snow in canada standing in front of a camera and I'm like wait I'm walking over to the 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 the, the, the Audi representative I'm like wait where does rs go in the naming <laughs> of this vehicle so when i say on <laughs> is it r he's like r- rs starts and then you go Etron okay Anyway, back to the EQS <laughs> SUV, uh, <laughs> uh, went to uh, Colorado to drive it, and they said, hey, we're going to go off-road, and I was like, all right, fine, <laughs> and so I anticipated uh, the Palisade off-road yes. adventure, where we went off, it was mostly just, you know, a nice dirt, dirt road, just a little we dirt drove road. around, there was a puppy we saw, we, we saw some, did see puppy,
3: he was we did, so we cute. all saw
4: that puppy, and it was a nice little drive, we are like, yeah. all right, and then I drove it around wherever we were at. North Carolina, yeah.
3: It was a Carolina. I'm going with North North. Carolina. Okay,
4: I'm gonna say it was North Carolina. drove around North Carolina, delightful rain. It it, it also was raining like crazy when I was Mm. there, Um, and so that's what I anticipated with the EQS SUV. Yes. Which is, if you're looking for if you if you like the EQS, you're gonna like the EQS SUV because a, I think the design language looks better on an SUV than it does on a on a sedan. I feel the sedan still feels. I think people are like it looks like a Camry. I think that that sort of making it a little taller and wider, that sort of bubbly look that they're using for the EQs um, looks nicer on a uh, on an SUV. Uh, you you know whether or not you think that's true or not is up to you. Um, it has it still has the standard 10 degrees of rear steering, which you know in a big vehicle. I, I drove the EQS, uh, the regular sedan, around for a week. And after that week, I've, I have determined that every large vehicle needs rear steering. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's a game changer. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you could do, yeah, no, it's great. And it's great in the SUV. It's wonderful. And then we're like, hey, we're going off-roading. And I drove all the way up to the middle of nowhere. And then we did proper off-rolling, like wheels in the air. Wow. Like, we had to do, like, super tight turns. Like, we had a person in the vehicle with us to make sure we didn't get stuck in a mud bog at any point, I'm it like was Sam raining. Mean. Again, it was raining. I don't know what the deal is with me and rain. I, I wish I could bring it back to California. Um, but uh yeah, no, I drove the 450 Plus, the 450 Formatic, and the 580 Formatic. And they started at $104,000 for the 450 Plus, which is sort of the, the ruble drive. Um, and then the Matic is 107. And then the 580 is 126,000 dollars. That's the starting price. And I'm just going to say, just get the middle one, 450, 4matic. You're, you're going to be fine. It you know it drives really well. It still feels like a Mercedes. It does actual proper off-roading. Uh, again, we you know wheels in the air and that rear wheel steering <clears throat> was so great because we there was this really tight turn and the the gentleman that was with me the The co-driver who was like, "Okay, everyone thinks you're not going to make it. You can make it." He's like, "Just wait till you turn and then turn here." And I was like, "I was like, oh, okay, whatever." And then when we were, we got to it, when I actually saw what we had to do, I'm like, "Oh,
2: I don't think we're going to make it." <laughs> and we made it. Well, you it know, this this so is the tight. thing about this is the thing about media drives. You know, they have gone through every oh, inch of thing. that, of yeah. that off road route. They know if it's going to make it or not. If mm. they tell you it's going to make it, it's going to make it.
0: And then which they is, tell it, you
3: it's is, gonna make it, but you know, like sometimes it feels like your, it
0: does, they don't your make margin it. Well, of
3: error is very small, and you're like, should my tire decide to slip one half inch on this rock? Smack, I'm gonna hit a rock. Like there Yeah, there's
4: a lot of that. Like, where right. That's that's why there's someone else it's in the it. car. But the, yeah. you know, but
2: they, they also make sure that you know if there are puddles, you know, visible puddles, you know, that that you know, they if it if there's any risk of it getting stuck, you know, they are not gonna take you down that trail they're going to take yeah. you somewhere else
3: they tend so, to take you places so where they feel so quite, they're, they're pretty they're pretty certain you're going to get out of it right yeah it's quite it's yeah. quite
2: different from you know doing this on your own in the real world after you've bought the vehicle
4: <laughs> and it had different tires the yes. wheels the, it had yeah. different tires than the one we were driving than the right so we got into different eqs's um but you know we we you know we were going over rocks we we're going it was really i was really quite impressed with how well the the vehicle so if you live in Alaska or montana <laughs> and you're a fancy fancy individual and you were like you know what i want an eqs i want a. I want an electric mercedes-benz i'm gonna i'm gonna charge it on my my ranch i have solar panels and you know i have all these things i'm off the grid uh because society's going to collapse i have like all my prepper stuff and i still want to be able to get off of my ranch i still want to be able to go you know get things i'll throw some different you know some better tires on here and i can do it in my eq i can do it and be very comfortable. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Although uh,
2: I I would suggest that you know if you're in Alaska, you might want to hold off for a while before you select an electric SUV like that. You know, while certainly capable, you know, charging is still pretty limited in Alaska. And you know, yeah, uh, there's yeah. people they don't go anywhere. Yeah. They stay in there. I'm talking about preppers. That's oh, okay.
4: <laughs> you stay in your town. You get some stuff. You order your you order your your, your supplies from the local grocer and then you you you're ready for the apocalypse um (laughs) so as you're ready for the as you're as you're you're ready for the apocalypse the eqs suv it's the nicer uh
3: (laughs) that should be i feel like that's marketing (laughs) eqs suv ready for the apocalypse <laughs>
4: in, in style, <laughs> in luxury in style, because you can't. You know what? If 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 society collapses, you know, oh, we got gas engine. Hey, guess what? Gas goes bad. You're going to have a refinery at your house. No, but you're going to have solar panels at your house.
3: <laughs> I was going to say where are you gonna get solar panels. You're going to solar charge your EQS SUV. Yep.
4: And you have a wind. You can put throw some windmills. I mean, people have all the, you know, the prepper. They know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah so we took it off road it did a great job uh far more impressive than i anticipated on road um it just felt like you know an eqs that was an suv uh very comfortable um very very luxurious very Mercedes. Well. the 580 um you know it's it's quick but again it, uh, i don't think you need the 580 i think the 450 4matic is the the one for one. the price point yeah, she can go faster in the 580 but it's a, it's a Mercedes SUV. It's the EQS. There is a third row. Um, and I th- I'm pretty sure what the uh, what I was told back in the day at some other event was that it was for people 5'4" and shorter.
2: Yeah, cuz like, I'm I'm looking at a profile yeah. shot of the EQS SUV right now. And... and they
4: say it's fine, <laughs> but it's it, they it, it, they the the one thing about Mercedes is they don't they just tell you exactly like oh don't put tall people back there like other places yeah. like well you know that Mercedes is very much like no. Don't, like, do don't even
3: try it. We're not going to lie like, to you. Don't. This do is it. the
4: size of the human you can put in the back of the V. So yeah. I didn't bother trying to get into. I don't really bother getting. I think into you this should try. It. I anymore. think that would
3: be like our golf club club measurement. How hunched just, over is Robbie in that? How, like, like what degree
4: of is my spine <laughs> twisted? What is the in chances he's going
3: to need a chiropractor on the scale of one to ten? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
4: uh, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't even think. That, do they have a third row one? I didn't see one there. They had a bunch of them. And again, I've the, the getting into the third row thing for for the lulls is not my my jam anymore because I'm old and you just I just don't want to do bother. It. It's just like, and it's a picture that we I never use. It's just like, oh, I don't fit in the third row. Yeah, we knew that.
3: Yeah. Anybody <laughs> who knows you knows that. <laughs> yeah,
4: everyone and everyone who's buying a third row vehicle, unless they're getting like a you know the Navigator or something like that, they know they yeah. know that it's like okay, I'm buying this thing with a third row. It's for like a toddler. Or, every, you know, the time I have to drive across town with like a bunch of my friends and I put the shortest ones back there and we're only driving five miles. They're not going to have a good time, but we all get the same take the same And then
3: number of times, really, you're right. The number of times in OEM will say, oh, you know, our third row is really accessible and you can really get back there. I'm like, well, I appreciate that the second row slides forward. You still have to be a toddler or under five feet tall to actually sit back there and be comfortable.
2: Unless it's a just... Jeep Wagoneer L.
3: Well, the Jeep one yeah, always like the, two cars. You throw in L in there. It's I, feel like,
4: I feel like if you throw the word L in any, uh, or not the word, but the letter L in anything, that third row better be proper. There better be people who, five, nine, you should, five, nine should be comfortable <laughs> in the back And the, anything with an L in the, uh, in the name. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's a it goes off road i'm i'm really looking forward to the g wagon the electric g wagon when that shows up cuz that's going to be for real real off road which no one will do like a regular g wagon no one takes a g wagon off road do
3: they do that they just, when they do g wagons you get to test those out off road i've i've only driven a g wagon for about 30 seconds
4: i've never driven a g wagon every time i tell a mercedes benz that they're like what are you talking about why haven't you i'm like well it just hasn't come up they're like we're going to get one in the fleet and then it hasn't shown up yet
3: we had one they're for like, the we Ramble. swear we're going to
4: get you one yeah, they we, they keep te- they keep telling me they're gonna get me one. I just haven't got. I need to get into one just for the sake of the, the electric Jeep wagons coming at some point. We had but... one up
3: here for the Ragtop Ramble over the summer, and I drove it like halfway to like for a couple hours or so. I'm like this is fantastic. I had a very short drive in it. I had the most beautiful headrest of magic situation they were the most oh, the, comfy did they have
4: the puffier headrest oh,
3: they were super puffy it was like can i don't I just... like
4: the puffy headrest. oh i liked right it it
3: was beautiful you're wrong robbie it was the most wonderful I know. thing no, I... but that was well, in my, my neck very... is wrong apparently it's because you're a giant
4: well i um... have a giant i have a really big head <laughs> i have a really like we think we already talked about it like the yes. small torso like long gangly arms mm-hmm. and legs and then just giant head
3: well, I loved it. I thought that the pillowy thing was If you were to draw a stick just...
2: figure of, of Robbie, you would just have, like, a point with, like, two <laughs> arms, two legs coming out and a, and and a head on a the giant top. giant head. No, no, no torso. Head.
4: I don't know if my torso is shorter, and I don't really know. I've never actually measured it, but I'm just assuming just because my arms and legs are so long and floppy. I'm like the thing, you know, with the, the car that... The crazy whoops. man. The crazy man, the dancing crazy, the crazy man. man. That's what my arms are. They're just flopping well, around.
2: Well, uh, uh, yeah, as an example... Um, I don't know if you, if either of you know, uh, Jim McCraw, um, veteran auto writer, he's semi-retired these days, but back in 2008, when BMW launched the original X6, uh, we, uh, we were both on that, that program and the two of us were got into the backseat of the X6 and Jim is like six foot three, six foot four. Mm-hmm. He's about your, your height, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, five, 10, five 11. and we get in there. And my head was rubbing against the ceiling, and Jim wow. had like at least a couple of inches of clearance in there because you know he had proportions more like more like yours, you know, mm-hmm. so shorter torso, long legs and arms. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah. You know, I mean, that's a good example of how different people's bodies are, and why you should always before you buy something, especially if you're going to spend big bucks on it. But before mm-hmm. you buy, at least, I mean, ideally you want to drive it, but at the very least, sit in it. And make sure you actually fit and get in and out a few times and make sure you're not going to be knocking your head or your knees or anything. And, you know, in in ways that are going to really irritate you after a week of ownership.
3: And I add to that, if you're a parent that has kids and you're looking at any SUV Mm. or minivan or sedan or whatever, take the car seats to the dealership with you. And if they're like, oh, your car seats are icky, we don't want it in the car, don't buy the car. Like find a way to put the car seats in see what it's like put your kids in them make sure that your kids like make sure it works you'd be surprised sometimes how once you get the car home it's like this is murder trying to get a car seat in here this yeah. doesn't fit the way i thought this doesn't work the way i thought yeah
4: door like the rear door if it doesn't yeah, open enough it's, like it's if it doesn't open enough for like a regular person like oh this is fine i can still get in and out but if you're trying to get a kid in right. and out of there and like the, the door if the
3: entry is narrow like and you're you're trying to wedge yourself in there and put the kids in and parents seriously like if you you've got a diaper
4: bag yeah like you've got all this stuff it's
3: not easy to wrangle a toddler into a car and i say that as someone who hasn't had a toddler in many years but i have like traumatizing memories <laughs> of trying to squish them in make sure you can get your kids in the car, <laughs> get that car. Let's sit in the car dang it <laughs> uh,
2: all right well i i already mentioned Uh, Another big SUV that Nicole and I drove Uh recently. Um, Let's talk about that next. Okay. The the Jeep Wagoneer L. Uh, And we went to Montana to drive this thing in Bozeman. um, And we even got to spend some time with Jim Morrison, the head of Jeep North America, uh, and got some crumbled cookies with Jim uh it was the first
3: he, time he'd ever been to crumble and that man has a sweet tooth i don't know how this has eluded him all these years but well
2: uh i mean it was it was your idea to hijack him and it uh, was and mrs morrison was there because they they were there for their wedding anniversary the week yep. before and she Aww. really she really appreciated that that Jim came back he came back with a little cookies. late but yes. came back with a bunch of cookies and she yes. was very appreciative of that so. <laughs> so what what did you think of the Wagoneer l
3: you know i I feel like the Wagoneer and the Grand Wagoneer in general are for a very specific audience. You know, that over the top luxury car, they're huge. They're big. They have all the features. There's something very grand about them. The L makes it even bigger. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like they're, they're, they're just, Giant. They're everything. And then 12 inches longer when you make the L. And most of that, I believe, is in the cargo area. I don't think it does it's, it's a lot. Split,
0: uh,
2: I think it's about like four inches in the rear in the third row seat area and then eight inches in the cargo area.
3: So yeah. So you get a little bit more third row, you get a lot bit a lot of additional cargo room. Um, if you're someone who has a large family and you're often carrying a lot of stuff, I think the L is a great option. Like if you were g- trying to decide between the two, like I'm getting a grand wagonier. Well, I don't, I have three kids. I don't normally have a lot of stuff. I just want this giant car. Fine. I have four kids or I have five kids. I'm often carrying a lot of people with me and a lot of stuff. That extra cargo room can make a big difference if you're camping or doing something, or even if you have kids who are really involved in sports and you're carrying a lot of sports equipment in the back of the car. Great idea. I don't think for most people you need the L. And I also, the and the biggest drawback to it, let's take the fact that these are not inexpensive vehicles off the table because they are pricey. If you're already looking at that kind of budget, they're difficult to park in big, in like in normal parking spaces. Now there's all sorts of features and there's cameras and all these things to help you park, but they are big. So you will find even when you're, you know, you're smack between the lines you still don't have a lot of clearance in either side, which means if you do have kids getting out of the car, you're going to wonk the cars next to you with the doors all the time. Um, so that's like literally the big drawback. They're wide. They're long. Like I was pulled all the way into a spot. My nose couldn't have been any further in because I was, you know, right up against the grill of the car that I was pulling straight into. It still sticks out a pretty good bit in the back, you know, so. It has sort of truck-ish dimensions to it, which is something you either like or you don't like. I happen to really like the Wagoneer and Grind Wagoneer, and if I was looking for a long wheelbase variant, I would have no hesitation getting these as long wheelbase, because the other piece of the puzzle with these guys is that if you want to go off-road, but much like the Mercedes G-Wagon, don't know that you're going to, but you can. Like, there is some genuine off-road capability in these that you're not going to find, like, in a Navigator or an Escalade or something like that. So I like it. It's just it's big.
2: Big. Yeah. Well, Big. and and I mean, we noticed this. Yeah, you know, last year when we drove the the regular non L Wagoneer, um, and you know, out of Manhattan, the the Wagoneer. Is four inches wider than a Ford expedition, and mm-hmm. two and a half inches wider than than the GM SUVs the that the the, uh, the Tahoe and Yukon and suburban. so I mean, it, it was already wide, and it's longer. It was about mm-hmm. three or four inches longer than the corresponding standard wheelbase versions of the Ford and GM models. And now the L is also longer than the, you know, the Suburban and the extended length versions of the others. So, yeah, it is a big beast of a vehicle. And, you know, certainly the sensors and the electronics help, but, you know, that that only goes so far, you know, when you simply cannot fit it into a parking space, Uh, you know, the sensors aren't.
4: 19 feet long. Yeah. It's It's long. It's It's long.
2: it's It's a big beast of a vehicle the the other thing that's you know that's new for the 2023 model year you know that's launching with the Wagoneer L but is also available on the standard Wagoneers, um is the new uh hurricane inline 6 cylinder engine that's um great. I yeah like those. and and that was you know a big part of you know the why we wanted to drive these um you know so the and the the uh the base Wagoneer uh L You get the uh, the standard Hurricane. So this is a three liter uh, twin turbocharged inline six. It's based on the architecture of the two liter turbo that they've had in some in the Alfa Romeo Stelvio and Julia, and in some of the in the the Wrangler and some of the other Jeeps for a couple of years now. Basically adding a couple more cylinders on there, and then so you get 420 horsepower in that base version. And then there's the Hurricane 510, which you get in the in the Grand wagoneers which you know uh, appropriately enough uh, makes 510 horsepower um <laughs> hence the name um and the and this is something i told jim morrison when we were riding together it's like the engine feels great but driving so many evs lately i've been spoiled yeah even (laughs) even with five even with 510 horsepower and you know almost as much torque you know many foot pounds of torque it didn't feel exceptionally i mean it is quick but it doesn't feel it you don't have that instantaneous thrust that you get with an electric powertrain and it almost feel it almost felt a little disappointing you know Um, i would
3: have to agree with you sam like this it's if you're comparing this to other gas engines if you try and take your head Mm -hmm. out of the ev engine thing or the ev no engine the ev motors the electric vehicles it's great but you the more we drive electrics and like having been in an ev i'm driving that gv60 for the last week driving that for a week and seeing how just it's so responsive you hit the gas and you hit the accelerator and you go i mean you just go there's no hesitation it is such strong acceleration it is there's it's not like it's. there's a performance focus specifically in this car but man does it perform then you go to these really powerful gas engines and suddenly they don't feel like they felt two years ago
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you
3: know and it's something that i think if you haven't driven an ev or spent some time in an ev you're probably not going to notice but as evs are becoming a bigger and bigger thing these really powerful engines that are gas suddenly don't feel like they did but like that said comparing this to gas to gas i think it's good as soon as you compare it to an ev then things kind of go sideways
2: yeah absolutely um yeah and yeah having driven you know the the lightning the f-150 lightning and you know the hummer which is even you know at least wider and and Mm -hmm. heavier than the wagoneer you you really you really notice that difference in the the perceived performance of it. So it's going to be really interesting in a couple of years when Jeep does launch an electric version of the Wagoneer to see what that feels like um with
3: I can't wait to drive that. Yeah. I got to say I can't wait to start driving some EV fully EV Jeeps. That'll be cool. That'll yeah. be a neat thing to see.
2: But you know this thing is you know surprisingly quiet, very little wind noise, um road noise was really even even as we were riding along on a gravel road for several miles, you know, mm-hmm. as, with, with Jim, um, you know, and recording that interview as we were, as we we're going along, you were driving, um, you know, the, the amount of road noise that came, came through was surprisingly muted. Um, yeah. so it was, you know, it's a very impressive vehicle.
3: All right. It's a nice, smooth, quiet ride, mm-hmm. nice, responsive engine. You get the extra room. I mean, I think it's a good, I think for the person who wants that it's, For who wants a responsive vehicle and you want the L, if you want all that extra space, go for it. It's just it's a narrow range of people who want that. But for those looking for it, I I like this. I think it's a good option. I love that and I just love that you can get this big beast of a vehicle and it does have that capability, not so much that I think I'd be off-roading in something this big. But if I did have something like this, it would be really nice to think like the next blizzard that we have, I'm not going to be stuck. Like, you know, in this great, big, heavy beast of a vehicle, you can probably still get through that giant snowbank at the end of your driveway and get out if you need to get out. I like that.
2: All right. Um, We did, as I said, we did uh, record an interview with Jim Morrison, head of Jeep North America. Um, And I'm going to drop that in here. So have a listen. It's about 23 minutes or so. Um, and then we'll be right back to finish a couple other stories and answer some questions. So Wagoneer is a sub brand for Jeep. How do you kind of see that playing out? the, The way, the way I've kind of interpreted it and correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of like, you know, you've got Land Rover and they've got Range Rover, which is pretty cool,
5: you know, to be out of the marketplace really, you know, over 30 years since we've been selling in this segment. Um, to come back and, and uh, get to number two and then, you know, be the top of the uh, the game from the overall appeal, which means their you know, customers are looking at us, they think it's, you know, a good choice. I would argue that everybody's looking for the best choice and to be on top, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, you know, I think once we get the chips flowing a little bit better and a kind of normal supply of these things available for our customers, I think we'll be able to continue to grow.
6: Do you see that getting better? Is the supply issue... Seem to be easing, or is it still a little bit of a battle? Oh
5: boy, I uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to get easier. You know, uh, last uh, year, I thought it was going to be easier. Last month, I thought it was going to get easier. Last week, um, none of which have come to fruition.
2: Where have they been coming from? Have they been moving up from Grand Cherokee, Wrangler, and so on, uh, or what? What percent? What share of your customers are coming from other brands?
5: You know, the majority of the uh, customers we have so far, by far, I mean, um, you know, 60-70%, depending on the month, uh, are coming from, you know, other um, brands that have similar, like size vehicles. Um, You know, we are getting some people, you know, that uh, have, you know, a bigger need for even bigger vehicle than Grand Cherokee, you know, some from Wrangler. Um, but most of them have uh, been uh, from competitive brands. It's been really a lot of incremental business for uh, for us and our dealers. Uh oh,
6: pause. Brain Crane. What are you
5: going
6: to ask next, um, I have fluffy yeah. questions. Do so you have easy questions? I got softballs. you okay. got to ask some hard hitting automotive journalism, that's you.
2: Okay. So, um, one of the things about this vehicle we're in right now is Grand Wagoner L is it's the first product with the, the Hurricane inline six, and um, uh, I was actually really su- surprised to hear that Solantis was developing a new inline six-cylinder engine because, um, as anyone familiar with engines knows, the inline six is the perfect form factor for an internal combustion engine because um, of smoothness and, and capability. But um, why? I guess, why a new internal combustion engine for Jeep or for Stellantis at this stage as you're also making big transition towards electrification? Well, I think
5: a lot of it has to do with, you know, we, we've got a great electrification plan where we told the world, and you know, we showed them two new uh, all-electric vehicles we're going to have in the marketplace by uh, 2025. Uh, we even predicted that, you know, kind of half the sales by that period of time would be... Uh, All electric vehicles, and then, but the other half are going to be, you know, gas powered. And uh, what better way to offer our customers, you know, more fuel efficiency and more power? It's a way to have your cake and eat it too. I mean, this vehicle, um, you know, gets uh, 60 and 80 horsepower more than the V8s that that it replaced, and it's going to get three or four, um, or two or three miles per gallon better, even with that horsepower gain. Uh, you know that's that's really you know some good stuff. This thing that we're driving in right now, 24 miles per gallon, is uh, is pretty incredible okay. given how big it is and and uh, how capable it is. Uh, these things will also tow 10,000 pounds, so it's a great combination of more efficiency at the same time giving our customers what they want, which is uh, you know more power and, and all the capability they expect. Is that 24 the, the projected um, uh, highway fuel economy? It's the estimated. Uh, Highway fuel economy for a, for a Wagoneer uh, with a uh, with a Hurricane. Okay.
6: You uh, know, I'm wondering about when you are talking about the towing, even for off-roading. Do you know what percentage of people actually take? Because you don't really think of off. You think of off-roading the Wrangler. Yes. You don't think of doing it in this, but we did. You totally can. What percentage of people actually do that in in these in the Wagoneer the Grand Wagoneer?
5: You know, I'll. I'll uh, I'll say that uh, 100% of the customers want to know they can, <laughs> um, and most won't. Okay. Right? Some will do what they what we just did, which was you know, I go up to the top of that hill, check on the cows. It, <laughs> you know, um, now we actually went through a bit of a river, and you mm-hmm. know that was kind of cool too. Or get to their favorite uh, fishing spot, like my grandfather did with his best friend and his uh, his grand Wagoneer. You know, I mean that that's how they got to the fishing spot. Um, you know, but most honestly won't go off road, but because it has Jeep heritage and it's part of the Jeep family, we need to make sure they know they've got the best 4x4 system. And whether they need to or they just want to keep their family safe, they know they've got the best. We've got it anyway.
6: Yeah.
5: Like this is crazy. This this Wagoneer, it's got active drive um, and quad drive. Quad drive, you can actually lift up and drop down one wheel and it will put 100% of the power, actively manage the torque and push it around to that one wheel that's got all the power and push it forward. So that means if you're, you know, silly enough to have only one wheel on the ground (laughs) as you're going through the brook, or, you know, you've got a real slippery situation where you've got ice and snow, um, customers won't care about all that. They'll just know that when they press the gas, it goes forward. That
2: makes sense. You mentioned 10,000-pound towing capability with this SUV, and what we've seen from the electric trucks that are on the market today, they can also at least you know, two of the three pickups, um, can also tow 10,000 pounds, but what they can't do is tow 10,000 pounds for a very long distance, and you know, do you think that the ability to, to tow long distances, you know, at least for now, is still going to be a, a driver for customers to choose a gas or maybe a plug-in hybrid at some point um, as an alternative to an electric version of this?
5: You're absolutely right, Sam. We, people buy these vehicles, you know, versus a smaller vehicle like a Grand Cherokee or um, a Wrangler, because they need lots of space for their people and their stuff, you know. And it'll either have, you know, full of kids, you know, going to a soccer tournament, uh, or you know, full of um, hockey gear and stuff, you know. If you're a, if you're a goalie uh, parent, you know, you got <laughs> yeah. one of these things, you know. But if if um, you know that's why they're buying these things. They often have you know big trailers, horse trailers, um, trailers for their for their toys. You know, and that's they, they don't want any compromise when it comes to that. And the, the people that are buying these you know sixty, eighty, or one hundred ten thousand know, dollar wagoneers and grand wagoneers, they've got lots of choice. They don't want to give up what they're doing. You know, because they they've got to make a different choice with their powertrain. So we thought it really important to make sure that. Uh, you know, the new hurricanes were able to still do the, uh, the 10,000 pounds that the, uh, the previous V8s were able to do, mm-hmm. and uh, as I think you saw it today, it was able to do it with, uh, with you know extra fun to spare.
2: Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to watch how the market develops over the next several years, um, you know, especially for the people that do need this kind of capability. Yes,
5: for sure.
6: Sorry, we're playing with navigation. In the background, what you can't see is that I'm trying to follow navigation through this teeny little town. I'm about to miss my turn. That's
5: I thought that's what you were saying. You wanted to make it go that's north. That's exactly up. what I was saying. Oh, yeah, right okay. in front of you, yes. We got it. Yes. In the cluster.
6: Oh, I, think, I see. But I always look at the infotainment screen. I never use the cluster. I always use the infotainment screen for navigation. I just never look here. I know. You made it so that It's the also PC in the HUD right in
2: front of you.
6: I have sunglasses on. It's a little hard to see the HUD. Or so it's geez.
5: probably adjusted to the wrong height for you. I it was fine. Yeah. Does it work with even with polarized?
6: It does, but it's brighter yeah. when you take them off now. It definitely is brighter. Like, I can yeah. see it, but it's a little bit brighter. No, I think it's adjusted for Sam, not for Nicole Height. So, yeah.
5: <laughs> Sorry, Sam, I forgot your question.
2: Oh, uh, just, you know, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the market develops over the next five, eight years, you know, through the rest of this decade as we start to uh, get more and more battery electric versions, but also you're going to be introducing plug-in hybrid versions of most of your lineup over the next several years, and to see how uh, kind of how that breaks down based on use cases yeah. uh, for different customers. You know, those that need to tow, maybe opt for a gas or a plug-in hybrid version, uh, and those that you know, don't necessarily need the long-distance towing capability might go electric. Yeah, and I think a little bit of fun
5: there um, two is, is what I said a couple of uh, weeks ago in our in our e day which was we're gonna have uh, 500 miles combined range you know with uh, with this with its electric variant that's coming out uh, in a couple of so, well, a
2: battery electric variant of this, or a plug-in hybrid? We
5: didn't say, but we're The really electrified sure. variant. Yes, uh, all I all we said was combined range. If clarify clarifies, okay. so um, i did not so shut up. Yeah. We didn't
6: tell you yeah. that. Yeah. Nice try, Sam. Yeah, <laughs>
5: exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he lulls you into this small sense that he knew he, small he small was asking you. Like,
2: like, do, so <laughs> don't look back. Don't look back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So combined range, uh, uh, we, uh, we probably assume that's going to be a plug-in hybrid. And perhaps paired with this hurricane
6: engine. He says nothing. <laughs> He's silent. Gotta <There> go.
5: <laughs> yeah. Now, remember when you said you're. you're now, now, over to Nicole. She's had her questions. She <laughs> <fluff> had <laughs> her questions. Her, her questions were going to be fun. Sam's are getting harder. Okay, Sam's so. are getting too hard, yeah, too tough for you. And you were encouraging it, too. That was the worst my, thing. That's
6: so. what I do. I encourage yeah. bad behavior. It's my yeah. job. Yeah. Well, my fluff question would be was as you're trying to take a sip of your drink, um, Favorite interior because I have a favorite interior, the the little themed interiors in the Grand Wagoneer. There's Mm -hmm. one I like the best, which is favorite.
5: It is definitely Tupelo.
6: Tupelo, which one is that? Is that the sort of honey-colored one? Yes. Okay.
5: And and I actually like it because that's that's I call it the Ferrari leather. Uh, Ferrari leather. Ferrari leather. Yeah. Sort of a caramel color. That's leather. Actually, the, the exact Ferrari color that I got permission from the CEO of Ferrari to use. You did uh,
6: not, did you yes, really? Yes. So it's, it's the Ferrari color because you were just like, I like the color with it in my, in my car? Yeah, it was always
5: my favorite color, and it's just cool to say Ferrari. Okay, no, that's um,
6: really cool. Yeah. That, that's a good reason. Yeah.
5: <laughs> that was Sergio. That was Sergio? He was yeah. the one who,
6: yeah? Yeah,
5: he was the CEO of Ferrari.
6: How <laughs> so would you go Grand Wagoneer or Wagoneer? You're buying one for yourself to haul your horse trailer around.
5: Yeah, you know what, that's... That's tough.
6: because you have to pick one um, on the spot. Pick one. You know, the question there
5: is to have that be a more performance-oriented. You know, Tim, no, Tim's done a great job. He's he's done a great job with uh, you know, with the Dodge brand and, and uh really defining that customer. And he's got some cool
2: stuff coming for, uh, uh, for that. New when, when I heard frontsonic exhaust system, yeah, it's like, okay, that, the name. <laughs> that is you know that's kind of out there. You know, it, but you know, and I think it fits. It fits with the Dodge brand, you know, especially with the kind of vehicles Dodge has been building over the last decade. You know, to have something like that, and then when I actually heard it uh, at the reveal, that was pretty cool. So, um, you know, be curious to see what you guys do, what pieces of that that, that uh, you use for Jeep, uh, and and then for for Recon. Um, you know, I guess, well, first of all, you know, just expanding the the Jeep. To expand the Jeep brand Jeep already has More nameplates Than You know The other three North American brands Combined You know, how, how big Can Jeep get
5: Sky's the limit Because You know We keep listening To our customers And our customers Keep telling us What they want Us to do With the Jeep brand But what's really Interesting is that As we've tra- Stayed true To our form Which is You know Build really good 4x4s um, And you know, identify with freedom, adventure, authenticity, and passion. More and more of America wants to do that. And before we take a look at, you know, I would submit to the good four-wheel drive systems. You know, and you think back to um, the way we launched the Grand Cherokee when I drove it up the uh, lines back, it would have 65 degrees. The, one of the things that enabled that was the electric powertrain. Right, you can't leave a gas engine at sixty-five degrees for very long before all, all the oil doesn't go up and you burn up your, uh, uh, your your gas engine. Well, the electric it doesn't care. Right, um, it was just happy to deliver the um, you know, the power to the ground and uh, was able to do that really confidently. So it's it's nice that we have that uh, kind of next step of 4 uh, x 4 technology, which is you know people what people expect from uh, from us at Jeep.
2: Yeah, having driven the, the Grand Cherokee four by earlier this year um, in Texas on an off road trail, and then um, the uh, the Wrangler um, during the Mama Spring Rally on a really muddy off road trail, yeah, you know, the that putting it in electric mode is so cool, you because know, you still have that all that torque, uh, but the silent, you know, you, you can just hear everything around you is a really interesting experience when you're off roading.
5: It is a different dimension that I don't think anybody really, you know, thought of, um, you know, to, the, to that level. But once you drive in complete silence, it's connect really with cool. nature, it is really cool. And, and you don't want to go back, you, you know. And, and when you think of the, the, uh, the torque that we delivered through our 4-by-E Wrangler system, it's 470 pound-feet of torque. You know, to put it in perspective, our best before that was the diesel at 420, Yeah. right? So it's got gobs more torque, and it's instant, and it's quiet take the doors off and the top off and you're just all you can hear is a little bit of wheels on the rock or, or wheels on the like sand scraping yeah you hear scraping, all the ear yeah. the
6: crunch of everything underneath
5: and it's just so cool that um you know it's it's a great jeep but it's really a great experience that um you know once you've done it in complete quiet it's uh it's a bit of a game changer
6: so my husband which our listeners know has a four buggy and someone ducked his jeep this morning he got a little rubber duck on it oh his nice head. he's really excited Good. so he put a picture in the little duck duck Jeep New Hampshire forum that yeah. we have, and everybody saw the little flap, the little charge port, and people didn't know what the charge port was, and everybody said, are those mirrors that pop out from when you're off-road? They yeah. all thought they were pop-out mirrors. <laughs> that was the thing. So people didn't, are huge Jeep fans still don't even necessarily know that the 4xe is out there yet.
5: More importantly, I'm stuck on that. I can do that as a mirror. Why didn't I think Yeah, right? A little out. pop-out
6: mirror. He's right. like, he actually says, like, you've got to tell like yeah. He's like, you just went... And popped out the mirror. So when you're off-road, there's your mirrors. And then when you're back, like, normal, pop them
5: back. It takes five minutes to put the, we have a removable mirror. Yeah. But well, it takes five minutes to put yeah. on. Yeah. Now I just um, make a charge point. Now here. I just popped it. I can just stick yeah. a mirror on that. See? Yes, thank you. There you go. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll send you uh, the uh, the $10 for the first five. Excellent. To make thank you. Yeah. Perfect. My $10 yeah.
6: commission for that. Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I didn't forget the question though, because that was I was so excited about. <laughs> why isn't it a mirror? Why like, isn't it why a, mirror? Isn't a mirror?
6: Wouldn't that be cool if you just like popped in? You had mirrors. That's yeah. all you didn't have to worry about putting stuff in it out and yeah, yeah. just tucked right in there, whatever you need them.
2: Yep. So uh, with the Recon, um, you know, that's a roughly Wrangler-sized vehicle uh, that's going to be electric. Uh, I think you kind of hit, at least hinted at that. There's also going to be an electric Avent Wrangler. Um, do, do you see those two vehicles potentially cannibalizing each other? You know, um,
5: I, I don't think so. You know, I mean, obviously there's going to be different people that are at different stages drawn to both. But I think if we do it right, we'll be able to, um, you know, support vehicles and, and build both. You know, like we did with uh, with Wrangler and Gladiator. You know, because we've expanded the scope of you know, having, you know, true pickup truck Capability for people that want a Gladiator, and you know, um, continue to improve Wrangler, we've actually set records with both Wrangler and Gladiator. So by definition, you know, there, there's no such a little more
2: focused. Yeah.
5: So you know, with that same sort of attention and formula applied to uh, Wrangler and, uh, and Recon, you know, expect to attract more people to the you know to the brand, and you know, some of them might you know come in on a Wrangler and, and decide, hey, I want that Recon. Working on, on a recon, and they go. Oh, I really want that uh, that Wrangler, so it's nice to have uh, some choice for them. But you know, like we're seeing with four by e Wranglers, uh, a lot of a, a different customer than we, we have with our normal Wranglers. In fact, two thirds of those four uh, by e customers are, uh, are only seriously cross shopping other electric vehicles. Oh, wow. So you know, pretty uh, dramatic when you take a look. In fact, it's helping us because it's underwritten the first best first half of year um, yet for uh, for Wrangler um, and um, you know bringing new customers to the brand and you know once, once they become a G person you know you're always a G person so uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll keep them around but uh, you know I expect more of that kind of formula applied Sam to both uh, Wrangler and uh, uh, the return uh,
2: On kind of a different tangent from that um, talk about cross shopping dealers um, have been a challenge when it comes to selling EVs for a lot of auto makers. Um, and um, yeah, I know I know somebody who recently um, was looking uh, for a new SUV uh, to replace a Toyota FJ Cruiser. And they went in, they looked at the Wrangler 4 by E. They, uh, they also looked at a Toyota 4 Runner and uh, Land Rover Defender. Uh, and they they were disappointed in their experience with the, the Jeep dealer because the, the Wrangler 4x8 had not been charged up. You know, he wanted to, this is somebody who also owns a Tesla. Yeah. And owns two other EVs, owns a Tesla and a BMW i3, um, and was really hoping to get something electrified, but he was disappointed in the experience he had with the Jeep dealer because the the car was, or the, the, the Wrangler was not, had, had not been charged up. He couldn't get an opportunity to test drive it. With an uh, electric mode to see what that experience was like. Um, how how are Jeep dealers um, accepting or you know how are they responding to the shift towards electrification? Are you having any challenges with them? And is are you planning anything like some of some of your competitors are doing, with maybe potentially buying out some dealers that don't want to go down the electric path or? Uh, you know, maybe having new dealer agreements that require certain things for selling EVs. Yeah, no, nothing, you know, really
5: dramatic like that. I mean, we uh, uh, come from the dealer world, and you know, we've got our dealer partners. Obviously, you know, we continue to train them, and they're doing, you know, well. I mean, with the with the four by e, it is America's number one selling plug-in. I'm, I'm embarrassed to hear of of that challenge you had with your friend. We'd like to figure out how and make sure that that never happens to another customer, but. Sometimes, you know, with, with our Wranglers of late, not to make excuses, but they've been coming in and going so fast that my guess is that would have probably just got off the truck, uh, you know, and, and, didn't have a chance to even be to properly PDI'd and set up. Uh, but it's not a good, you know, excuse. I mean, it's making excuses now. There's, there's no excuse for that. Um, but I, overall our dealer body is performing very well. In fact, we've recently, uh, upgraded them all with, uh, with Wagoneer and, and, um, there's even a select group of um, certified Wagoneer dealers that have gone through another level of training to make sure that customer experience is, uh, is number one. And I'm happy to report that that's working. Wagoneer has got the highest uh, customer satisfaction within our dealer channel. And then the whole Jeep brand is the best performing You know, with, with that sort of training towards the customer experience, you know, taking up uh, one extra level. So always room to improve and, and lots of room to improve. Continue to get uh, to be best in class, but um, you know we're, we are focusing on it and trying to make our customers' experience even better and better. Call?
6: No, I'm sorry. I'm focusing on the whole driving the car thing, oh. so I'm occasionally putting a question in. So I'm not looking at navigation, <laughs> um, so I have no questions. I have no questions. I hit no them with my really tough, fluff questions. So, All right. yeah. Uh, okay. Is that it?
2: Yeah, I think that's all i got. Okay. Um,
6: anything
2: else you want to tell us about Chief that we haven't talked about?
6: Now he's speechless. I've never heard that in my whole
5: life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh... Yeah, no, I think you got most of it. I'm trying to think of anything else that could be in trouble. So. That's
6: it? Yeah. That's all she wrote. All right. Okay. All right. That's Thank it.
5: That's tell. all we got. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate it. Oh, that was fun. And oh, by the way, we did this at eighty miles an hour, which <laughs> yeah. uh, is
6: the speed in limit in here. In so. a, a so, wagon here. Yes.
5: <laughs> and and uh, interesting enough, there is no wind noise yeah. in this thing, and there's no engine noise. Um, and one of the things I'm really proud to report: this, the the, um, the hurricane in the Grand Wagon here is 5 decibels quieter than than our previous motor was so it's pretty cool how quiet this thing is 5 decibels in the interior is, is a lot so um, you know, we, we're having this conversation I wasn't even probably paying attention to the mic it should have been um, yeah, it's literally
6: sitting uh, on the center console between Jim and I and Sam is sitting in the back seat so it's quiet enough in, the, in this car to record this Sounding as good
2: as it does. And the Hurricane's gonna be available in the standard wagoners too, not not just the L right.
5: Correct. And, it's standard on the uh, long wheel based versions and also available on
2: the uh on the shorties. Yeah.
5: Bye
6: Yankee Thank you.
2: you. Alright. <clears throat> um we're back. Uh Jim Jim's a very cool guy. We like Jim a lot. yes, um, and yeah, I mean he's Canadian, so you know you expect him to be to nice. He has to be
3: nice. It's like yeah. it's he's not allowed to not be nice. That's right. it's yeah. it's,
2: it's in the DNA. It's in the air in the <laughs> DNA. You know. Um. All right. Um. One more. Uh. One more new vehicle for this week. Um. Which. Uh, uh, by the time this comes out, the embargo will have lifted, which is the 2024 Chevy Trax. Uh. The Trax has been GM's entry level crossover for. What eight, nine years now? I think 2013 it came out. Uh, it's actually been around quite a while. Um, and this is the they did a a mid cycle refresh a few years back, but it's still basically the same as it was, which is kind of a short, stubby looking little crossover. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's not a bad vehicle. I mean, it was you know relatively affordable, drove decently, but you know, nothing really special. And um, this new tracks is really different. Um, what what do you think
4: uh, you know it's exactly what you what you expected that's that's you know it's it's there's nothing surprising here um you know it's following the the, the current um their current design language uh i think you, you said it was a little bit it's a little bit bigger a little bit lower everyone is just actually a lot big, bigger
2: it's 11 inches it's longer than before
4: uh, so it's a lot bigger yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, but bigger. everyone's everyone is slowly transforming their small suvs into hatchbacks and wagons but they're still calling them like crossovers mm-hmm. <laughs> like we'll just keep doing the thing but we're not going to say anything we're going to keep the naming the same but we're yeah everyone everything's coming turning back into a, a hatchback and a cross in a in a wagon
2: yeah you can't
3: call it a wagon you can't call anything a wagon robbie don't you do no.
2: that americans won't buy it if you call it a wagon
3: do not call it a wagon
2: yeah, um, yeah, it's it's like four, you know, fourteen inches or eleven inches longer, um, and a uh, couple inches wider, and and um, so, uh, four inches lower. The roof line is four inches lower than before. It still sits up fairly high, but the roof line is lower. But yeah, you you know, it's got a lot of the design language that you see on the Equinox EV, um, and you know the Blazer, the Trailblazer. Uh, it's actually bigger than the Trailblazer now. Um, is it really? Yeah, it is. It's, it's like three or four inches longer than trailblazer. Uh, but, it, but the trailblazer is taller. Um, and there's no all wheel drive available on the new Equinox. It's only front wheel drive. So this is, and it, it, um, the engine is instead of the, the 1.4 liter turbo they had before, it's now 1. 1.3, 1. 1.2 liter three cylinder. So the same base engine that's in the, uh, the trailblazer, 137 horsepower, 162 foot pounds of torque, which should be plenty, you know, I've driven that in the trailblazer. It's a, it's a nice engine. Um, and, uh, should, should do fine. Uh, and you know, so it'll have a lot more rear seat leg room than before three inches of extra rear seat leg room compared to before. Um, and, uh, it's also the the cheapest Chevy, uh, and in this age of, uh, inflation, it's actually the the 2023 model or 20, 2024 is actually going to be $1400 cheaper than the current tracks uh wow. base price 21495 including delivery charge uh which is, is pretty impressive and then the the most expensive variant uh, the uh the active um uh, or the 2RS and the active are both 24995 uh base price so five trim levels all under $25000 to start um and uh, this goes on sale in the spring. Um, they're adding a bunch of uh, driver assist features, as as everybody's doing now. Get um, better infotainment system than before, eight inch touchscreen standard, eleven inch optional. Similar kind of design to what we saw in the Equinox EV um, and uh, and the Blazer uh, inside. Uh, so it, it should do all
3: right. The interior it looks good I mean the interior yeah. looks good if the it's hard to tell you know as soon as you're looking at a picture and things look great then you get to it live and in person and the the textures and the the look of it isn't as good but I mean if it if it looks as pretty in the real world as it does in the pictures it's got, it's got a decent interior too
2: and and to be honest I like the design the exterior design is better than the HRV the new HRV is a little bland yeah um you know the this this tracks I think looks a lot it
3: looks better nice yeah. it has a little more yeah. personality yeah yeah
4: I do like that they put that they have a rear the rear vision camera as standard. You know the backup camera that you legally you have to. Yeah, have everybody's required to have by law. Right. I'm like, you don't have to put that in there. Every now and we know, then you we still know. find
3: things that has something like steering wheel standard. I'm like, really? Standard. That's good. Okay, thanks for that.
4: Seat belts standard. Ooh.
3: Look at <laughs> your bags. fancy.
4: BBS. You got it. I was looking at this it, It's like rear vision camera standard. I'm like, wait, 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 is this just the backup camera? Or is this like, you know, the, you know, they have it in the, the Cadillac and then the bolt and a couple other vehicles that, you know, that fancy one. View. Yeah. Yeah. Where you look in the, the rear view mirror and it's a, it's a camera. And, uh, but no, no this... I, I did a quick search just to double check and it's their rear, it's backup. when in reverse. I'm like, Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, one more item here. Um, emotional and Uber announced a 10 year deal the other day to deploy Motional's autonomous vehicles, um, on, uh, on the Uber network, um, starting with an unknown location before the end of this year. Um, emotional is the joint venture of Hyundai and Aptiv, the automotive supplier. Uh, and they've been working together on, on AVs for a couple of years now. Um, and, um, you know, Previously, Uber had been trying to develop their own AV system. They had a division called Uber ATG, Advanced Vehicle Advanced Technology Group, which they decided to cancel. And they sold that off or actually really gave it away to uh, Aurora <laughs> Innovations. Um, and now they're doing deals to bring other people's AVs to their network. So uh, Motional um, is going to start deploying their vehicles on the Uber network by the end of the year. Um and uh, most likely, the, the first location will be Las Vegas, where Motional and its predecessor companies, uh, and Delphi, have already been operating these vehicles on the Lyft network since mid 2018. Um, so that's probably where we'll see them start. Um, uh, but Motional's also been operating some, some of their vehicles with Uber Eats in um, Santa Monica. Uh, Since early this year. So it's not the first part of the relationship with Uber, but uh, it's growing. And, and, you know, I think Motional is saying that they they plan to have driverless operations. They still have safety drivers for now, but they're going to launch driverless operations in 2023 across multiple cities. Um, And so it looks like both Uber and Lyft will be part of that uh, part of that program next year. Interesting. That'll
4: be cool. Especially, yeah,
3: especially I think it's cool they Especially considering doing
4: cruises that. like, we're doing a thing, and then we all went down and saw the thing, and then after the thing, a bunch of things happened. Yeah,
3: are like not doing the thing. <laughs> oh, the cars
4: got, the cars got stuck. Change you know, your mind about the thing. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I understand it's, you know, that's what you have to do. That's, it's learning, but also, you know, I've, I've been in the city where you get stuck behind a cruise vehicle, and
2: you're just like, oh
3: no, <laughs> <laughs> never leaving here ever. <laughs> it's like being in a mud pit. In mud pit. What's that like, the Sam? Mud,
2: the mud
4: pit of the march of technology. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. Um little quick follow-up on uh, from the last show. We talked about uh the TFL truck guys, um Roman Micah, they they got a Hummer EV and uh it died on them in traffic. Um they got it to the dealership. Uh turns out it required a software update on one of the modules um they did that they updated the software apparently it's all working good now it's all good for now until, the, until the next bug
3: until the, until next, the next thing bug. pops New up car. and suddenly we have another video from them and now we're stuck for this reason
2: yeah <laughs> so it wasn't entirely clear exactly what the root cause of the problem was from the video but but they they got it fixed and it's got to
3: figure it. it out i guess that's yeah. all that matters. and it's working fine now i'd have a chance to watch the video it's yeah. all good apparently Okay. I didn't watch the,
2: I didn't watch all 43 minutes of it but at yeah. least through the first 10 minutes it was still running so Seems
3: like it was working.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's answer a few questions. Um, first um from uh, from Twitter uh, the I'm not even going to try to say his username he just said uh, just use D, just call him DC. Uh, so a couple of questions here from DC. Uh, do you guys have any plans on test driving the Fisker Ocean and are ceramic coatings worth the money? If not any alternatives, so um, yes, yes on the ocean. Number
4: one, number one, yeah, is, number as, one. As soon, yes.
2: as soon as we get the opportunity, yeah, we will absolutely be driving it. Um, production is supposed to start next month uh, in Austria, and hopefully in the next couple months we'll get our first opportunity to get behind the wheel of the ocean. Um, and then ceramic coatings. I, I've never done a ceramic coating on a car. of either of you?
4: Are we talking about brakes?
2: No, I think they're no. talking about the ceramic coatings that you can put, you know, to, as paint finish protectors. I'm assuming that's what he's talking about.
4: Oh, I thought it was like ceramic paint brakes. Because I was going to say ceramic brakes are great if you race. Yeah. And everything else don't. And they squeak. <laughs> yeah. You, you buy the, like the best brakes in the world for driving around town that squeak.
2: Yeah. And those aren't I mean, it, those aren't really it's, coated. It's, it's a carbon ceramic, ceramic composite. Yeah yeah um and yeah they're ceramic
4: coatings can't you just get that little plastic thing they put on the cars like i get a lot of like whenever you get a porsche yeah or like a really nice vehicle where they're trying to like keep it they, keep they it have pristine. like a little yeah they have this like really thin like plastic wrap on it on mm-hmm. the front that you can't really tell it's there you, Until to, like, you, oh, look, yeah. you if really you look really closely look. You, can you can see, see the seam yeah. yeah yeah you can see the seam i think like those are probably worth the money
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know about the ceramic coatings i've never i've never had cause to put one put put that on any of my cars they weren't they weren't worth the effort and the money
4: yeah yeah
2: um lord cow wow um convertible
4: cow wow or cow cow
2: cow cow sorry yes you're right lord cow cow
4: (laughs) i'm sorry we don't want to mess up someone's made up name
2: (laughs) (laughs) convertible t-top or target top uh also any word on if either the either of the latter will be coming to the supra um i I mean, I'm a convertible person myself.
4: I like convert. I've had I a
3: go convertible. That would yeah, be my convertible.
4: Choice. I've had a. I've had it. I've driven T tops. Yeah. and a target top convertible is just better. And the first time I drove the Supra, my first thought was this should be a convertible.
2: Yeah, but my guess is we probably will not see a Supra convertible.
3: I don't think so either.
2: Um, because you know this was jointly developed with BMW. Uh, BMW sells the Z4 on the same architecture. Um, I don't. I. I, I have a hard time believing Toyota is going to spend the money to engineer a convertible version of the Supra, given the relatively limited sales volumes. Yeah.
4: They should make a T-top though. Because they, 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 or the a Targa. Needs- they, they had a target
2: oh, on the fourth gen Supra back in the nineties.
3: that's true. Oh, that was a long time T-tops ago. would just yeah.
2: feel like
4: you can feel like smoking the bandit and just <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: th- the thing about T-tops, you know, you go back, especially you know, in the eighties and nineties, you know, when they had T-tops, um, they frequently leaked. Um, so, you know, that was
3: the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I'm anti-T-top because I had this boss once who had a car with a T-top and she was horrible. I hated that
2: oh. that human.
3: So now it's like I associate with him like, no. Mm, 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 she. Had <laughs> I one. had a
4: Del Sol, which was essentially a T-top without the T because it just had that. Well, that was in. more of yeah. a Targa, really. Yeah, it was more of a Targa. That's true. Yeah. But I wish it had mean, Wait, isn't the Hummer a T-top? Wait. Yes, it is. I guess Hummer EV is a T-top. So we still, T-tops are back, man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if they do it anymore. Hummer's
3: got it. They're back. They're wait, back. Like, wait, 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 what's a T-top? All
2: right. Uh, Justin asked, are we to believe Elon and, exp- well, I think the, the answer to your question is right, right in that first right clause. <laughs> are we to believe Elon? Uh. No. No. Uh, <laughs> Are we to believe Elon and expect Tesla to deliver the Tesla Semi to Pepsi on December 1st? Uh, Do we believe it will be just one truck or several? And if it actually does have the 500 miles of range, just how heavy are the batteries going to weigh? Oh, my gosh. The weight of those batteries. So So,
3: enormous batteries. It will make the the Hummer look like a lightweight little tiny thing.
2: (laughs) I, I'm guessing um, that the number of trucks that they'll deliver to Pepsi in December, assuming they, they hit that date, um, will be in the low single digits. Uh, it's not yeah. going to be a whole fleet of trucks.
3: A giant fleet of vehicles.
2: I, I also do not believe it will have 500 miles of range. Because <laughs> if you do the math, um, and as, as an engineer, I sometimes do the math. Do
3: the math, because that's what engineers do, the math.
2: You're, you're going to need. Somewhere around 15,000 pounds worth of batteries at a minimum to hit 500 which, miles of range.
4: Yep. Which also diminishes your, the amount of load that you
2: can carry. Right. Which
4: is like load is the whole point of a semi.
2: <laughs> yes. You get paid <laughs> no. by how many pounds of freight you can carry. And they're limited in most states to 40 tons, 80,000 pounds. And if you're taking up 15,000 pounds just for the batteries, yeah, that, that doesn't work so well. It's like
4: driving around. You're already, you've already just tossed a Hummer EV into your,
2: <laughs> yeah. into your truck. <laughs> a, a Hummer and a half, actually. A Hummer and a, a, hummer half. And a half. Yeah.
4: Into your, well, you have to take into No. Yeah. Because we're not counting the, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So um, yeah, I I suspect that they will probably cobble together a small handful of, of these trucks and, Put them in a Pepsi fleet for testing, uh, but you know it'll probably have about 250 to 300 miles of range at most, similar to the other electric semis that are already being delivered by Volvo and Daimler and uh, uh, and a, yeah, and a, and Paccar and, and a couple of other companies, truck companies.
4: There are already trucks on the road. That's the crazy thing. I've ridden in these trucks. Yeah. I've, I've I've and in some cases I've driven these big trucks and everyone's like, "Oh, the Tesla I'm Like there's already ones out there. Yeah. And if you're going to buy it from somewhere, you're going to buy it from an established company that you've been working with for decades, you know, Daimler with which owns Freightliner, Mac, a bunch of other companies. Are you going to buy it from the one company that has not a great uh, service record yeah. um, A little questionable yeah, yeah
2: the, the thing yeah. is if and you if you whole own, thing if, is service if you if you own a fleet and you know something goes wrong with one of your trucks you want it to be fixed and back on the road like yesterday
3: because you're losing money yeah. if you're you not if you're not hauling goods with that you were losing money
2: yeah you are not going to tolerate waiting 6 weeks for a service appointment or 6 weeks for parts uh, you know it's just that's not yeah. going to happen Right.
4: yeah that's uh, when i talked to i talked to fedex about this and bright drop and they were like it's almost a no-brainer because bright drop is part of gm and uh-huh. gm has a huge service network like do do, do i want to invest a bunch of money in vehicles that i know can be serviced because i need these vehicles on the road all the time you can't just like oh the truck doesn't work so phil doesn't get to do his right. job today or do i want to use a startup that may or may not be around in five years and doesn't have a service network and you know, unless you happen to things. own that
2: startup like Amazon mostly does with Rivian. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you
4: happen to own a startup with with Amazon and Rivian, but it's yeah, it's 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 a tough. I mean, I, you know, you want innovation, you want these startups, but at the same time, when you're looking at like especially fleets, they, That's the They're thing. not, if you, they're if not there to. They're not there to gamble. If they're yeah. not
3: reliable enough, if the reliability isn't sort of guaranteed, and if the service isn't guaranteed, sort of the if they aren't reliable. You can get them fixed. A business can't afford that. I mean, that'll just sink yeah. you if you can't get the goods that need to be shipped to wherever they need to be. Yep.
4: Yeah. It's a, it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough sell on that end.
2: All right. Last one from UMass to, to, to UCR. Um, <laughs> <asking> <laughs> what, what 2023 EV SUVs will have vehicle to home capability? Um. So, you know, this is, you know, bi-directional charging capability, like what you've got with the the lightning right now where, you know, the, the, you can run your house off the battery in the in the vehicle. Um, there's actually going to be uh, probably uh, quite a few. Um, you know, the uh, the Volvo EX90 and the Polestar oh, yeah. three are going to have it. Yeah. Um, I don't. Did Nissan say anything about if they're going to include that in the Aria? Because they. I-
3: don't remember the them saying does. that i don't want to say they don't i don't remember that being a part of things but i i, I don't want to say no same because i, I okay. don't know for sure
4: but at least that's because Chatomo just supports it, it forever right, right? Yeah. yeah
2: and uh and gm um is going to be supporting this um on evs that have their high output 19.2 kilowatt onboard charger that will actually be a bi-directional charger um, and actually this week, uh, GM is announcing the formation of another new business unit called GM energy that is going to offer, um, uh, stationary storage batteries. So for both home and for commercial applications, so things like Tesla power walls, um, and it'll also have fleet management stuff for managing fleet charging, but also, you know, you'll be able to manage your, your home charging, um, and do things like, um, you know uh you know set it up for automatic power backup if your power goes out things like that um so that's that's part of a new business unit gm starting um and uh that, id buzz the id buzz is gonna have it um I'm trying to think uh Hyundai. third day hyundai's got they've got vehicle to load it's pretty limited it's like 1.9 kilowatts
4: I think they're trying to i think they're they're holding off until they they launch hyundai home yeah which is their whole like energy system yeah i think it's, so it's i've i've been i've been sort of hassling them about that for like what? a few months so i'm i'm trying to get like once i get the once when i think once right right before it comes out i'll probably have a nice feature about it but until then
2: yeah and they I think the, like you know, when the Ionic 7 and the Kia EV9, they're they're bigger, they're three-row SUVs yeah, come out um, later next year, early 24, they'll probably have bigger batteries and have higher output vehicle-to-home capability. Yeah. So there, there will be a bunch of options available.
3: I think they're increasingly going to do it. I think it's just going to mm-hmm. take a little bit of time to roll it out, but it's going to become the norm pretty quick.
4: Yeah. That's one of the, I mean, there's a few reasons why I really like the ID Buzz. It's a. Van. I like vans. We put the dogs in it. We can go camping. You can do all these things. But I like the idea that it's probably not going to be the main vehicle we're driving every day. So while it's at home, it's just a you know, it's just a battery for my house. Yeah. So that's that's one of the selling points for me is having a you know, future EVs charging you know, charging up at night or charging up with the uh, the sun, and then you and then discharging when you know during peak hours or discharging in the middle of the night and just sort of saving some cash.
2: All about saving cash.
4: Saving money. I'm the cheap, cheap man.
2: <laughs> All right, um, and with that, uh, we'll call it a show and talk to you next time. Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Bye, bye.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward.